Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are we happy this morning? Are we happy this morning? Are we happy to be alive this morning? We appreciate the Lord for his uh, goodness and mercy. Amen. God bless you, musicians. As we, I want to speak on A new heart, a new spirit, and my spirit. A new heart, a new spirit, and my spirit. Amen. Shall we turn to the book of Psalm 51, from verse 9 until 13. You may read after me. Hide thy face from my sins. Then blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a new heart. O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and 
and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Hezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27. There it is. It reads in this manner. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And he shall keep my judgments. And do them. As we bow heads, gracious heavenly Father... This morning, we appreciate you. We love you. We esteem you higher than anything else. We come as humanity before your throne of mercy. Dear God, first we want to thank you for a plan of redemption. Many times we may concentrate on sickness but failed to realize there was a healer before a sickness. Many times we may concentrate on sin and forget there was a redeemer before there was sin. This morning, dear God, we come with our hearts bubbling with joy. We want to thank you for the sobriety. We want to thank you for the peace of mind. We want to thank you for the inner peace. Dear God, there's been many times where we look at the people of the world are under such huge pressure because we are quite in a neurotic age. We see, dear God, how they drive down the road with heightened tempers. We see how they shoot at each other. But in the midst of chaos, here we are in your presence. We're able to look at one another as a brother and as a sister. And just to come and sing songs of Zion. And just to come and lift you up above every situation, above every condition. And acknowledge thee as the almighty God, as the creator of heavens and earth as the one that died for us before the foundation of the world, as the one that chose us when no one could have chosen us, as the one that loved us when no one could have loved us. That's why we are not ashamed to say you are our God and there is no God like thee. You are the God of Israel. You are the God of the bride. Thank you, dear God, for being our God. And that is why this morning, if there is anyone sick in the building, we have a commission to bind that sickness in the name of Jesus Christ. We say, Satan, we adjure you to live from those bodies that you may be tormenting. 
You don't belong there in the name of Jesus Christ. We are now declaring healing upon everyone in the building right now. We cast out every demon right now in the building. We bind every devil in the building right now because we are the bride of Jesus Christ. His power is our power and that's exactly what we are doing right now. Thank you, Jesus. As we commit everything to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you richly as you take your seats. Amen. God bless you. We appreciate the Lord for his grace and mercy. Amen. Now I say I want to speak on a new heart a new spirit, and my spirit. Amen. Now, the scripture that we read here in the book of Psalm, you see the Bible agrees, the scriptures agree with one another. Ezekiel writes this side, David writes this side, but their writings dovetail. David says, hide thine face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Then after the blotting of sins, then he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. There is three elements there. There is a blotting out of sins and of iniquities. There is a creation of a new clean heart. Do you see that? Do you see, brethren? Then there is a, a renewal of the right spirit. Then later he speaks that take not thy Holy Spirit away from me. So we have a clean heart, we have a renewed spirit, then we have the Holy Spirit in that text. Did you see it? Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted into thee. In Hezekiel, he says, is the Lord speaking there? He says, a new heart in the book of Hezekiel, if we could have it. A new heart will, will a new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. Then I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and he shall keep my judgments and do them. We have three elements here as well. There is a new heart, a new spirit, and my spirit within your spirit. Do you see there? I think we have heard the other time that life is in the third. We have heard that perfection uh, uh, the number three is perfection. 
Let us come to this message, Christ is the mystery of God revealed, paragraph 234. Amen. If the brothers can be with me on full-time basis, amen. Christ is the mystery of God revealed, paragraph 234. The prophet says, what is the new birth? He says, you would say, well, Brother Branham, what is the new birth? It is, you know, the first time when I thought I had received Christ, it was many years back. I must have been around eight, seven or eight. We visited a Pentecostal church, and later the minister called us to the fore and said, if you want to receive the Lord, and then I went there, and, yeah, and I went away thinking that I received the Lord but only for that memory to subside a year down the line. Now, I realized that he meant well, but he did not teach properly what the new birth was. Uh, you, once you are born, you can never be unborn. Uh, and Brother Branham says many times people are afraid of birth because birth is messy. He says it doesn't matter whether it takes place in the hospital. It doesn't matter whether it takes place among specialists. Uh, birth is messy. There's got to be a breaking of water. And after the breaking of water, there's got to be, there's got to be a spillage of blood. And after the water and the blood, then there's got to be a spirit that comes into the baby. Then that's when you have life. Uh, that's why I think Brother Mutlami may explain that as soon as the baby is born, uh, there's silence there in the delivery room because the doctor cannot give the baby a spirit, the mother cannot give the baby a spirit, the father cannot give the baby a spirit, the midwife cannot give the baby a spirit, God has got to give the baby a spirit. Are you with me? Then it completes what we call birth. Are you with me? Now he says, what is the new birth then? He said, you would say, well, Brother Brenham, what is the new birth? It is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Amen. Amen. Not you joined a church. You shook a hand. You have done something different. You said a creed. You promised to live by a code of rules. This one, a lot of times, people think living by a code of rules is the new birth. It's not a new birth. You, you're going to battle. You know, when, when you have been given a rule to live by, if the rule is not living within you, it's going to be burdensome. Are, are you still with me? But it says, but Christ, the Bible, he is the weight that was revealed to you. He is the weight that was revealed to who? Not to the church, not to a family, but to an individual. Uh, people must understand new birth is an individual affair. Uh, revelation, it's a personal experience. If I've got it, it doesn't mean my wife has got it. 
if my wife has got it, doesn't mean I've got it. If I've got it, it doesn't mean my children have got it. Everyone must have the it individually. Are you still with me? Those that you were born in the message, you would know. There's time when mommy brought you to church. And there's time you were dedicated by a minister. But at some point in time, it had to be your own personal experience. Where you say, at that moment and from that moment, I personally knew the Lord. Are you still with me? Now, and no matter what anybody says, what takes place, it's Christ. Pastor, priest, whatever it might be, it's Christ in you. That is the revelation that the church was built upon. Hallelujah. When he said, upon this rock, I will build my church, which means upon this revelation, I will build my church. And anybody that will come has got to have the same experience that Peter had. Who do, men, who do people say the son of man say I am? Some say you are Elijah, some say you are Isaiah, but who do you say I am? Then he said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. It was a channel of revelation, and every brother and every sister must step into that channel. Are you still with me this morning? Now, same message, Christ is the mystery of God revealed while we are building our foundation. Paragraph 318, he says, He says, oh, notice, the Holy Ghost is the only revealer of the divine revelation of Christ. Folks, who, who reveals Christ? It, it doesn't say a bishop. It doesn't say a church. It doesn't refer to any personality. The Holy Ghost is the only revealer of the divine revelation of Christ. As a pastor can't reveal Christ to you. It has to be the Holy Ghost that must reveal and give you a divine revelation of who Christ is. Let me tell you something. Once you receive it, no one will take it away from you. Once you receive it, no experience will ever remove you from that revelation. Are you with me? There is no school can do it. No scholar can do it. No man, how well educated, how good or anything else, there is no man that can do it. Uh, today we hear men saying, I, I, I give the Holy Ghost. That's religiously, that's antichrist, that's unbiblical, that's unscriptural. The Holy Ghost alone is the revealer of the weight. Are you still with me? I hope we are together here. Well, we are still on the very thought, there's somewhere where we are going, in the message why, paragraph 44, he says, and he, he's on the thought that I was on, that a lot of people are afraid of new birth. Afraid of the new birth. It, because the new birth, it only makes you, is in the message why, paragraph 44, Afraid of the new birth. It only makes you a different person. The new birth makes you 
folks, a new birth makes you, you've got to be different. Hallelujah. If you are not different, then you are? Are you here, people? The, the new birth will do what? Will make you? Hallelujah. And if you are not different, that's the quotation, folks. If you are not different, then you are not converted. You, you might be converted into a denomination. You might be converted into a different atmosphere or something, but you're not converted to God. Here, it's a tragedy. We can get people to be converted to a church and make them to adopt a code of rules that are given by a church, but that has got limitations. Are you with me? Let's carry on. But when, but when you are converted to God, then you live holy. I believe in holiness. Do you still believe in holiness? I can prove to you by the Bible, and I don't care what you do, you cannot offer God a gift with unholy hands. Hallelujah. Then he says, I can prove to you by the Bible, and I don't care what you do, you cannot offer God a gift without unholy, with unholy hands. He won't receive it. The gifts in the Old Testament had to be sanctified at the altar. Hallelujah. The priest, before he could go in to offer it, had to be anointed and sanctified. Or the gift was refused. People, are you here? This morning, I can, if, if preaching is a gift, I cannot just hold on a bit. Oh, the remote. Oh, okay, there we go. I thought they were coming for the body pack. Amen. Not the body pack, the body pack. Amen. Now, the priest, before he could go in to offer, it had, it had to be anointed and sanctified, or the gift was refused. This one you've got to, God will never be wowed or amazed or impressed by a gift. There is a certain condition that a gift has got to meet. Michael Jackson sings better than anyone in the message of the hour. Let me repeat, Michael Jackson sings better than anybody in the message of the hour. But his gift will never be accepted by God. Because a gift has got to be sanctified. And if a gift is not sanctified, it is refused by God. Are you with me? And this one goes for us, especially in the ministry. You can never be too gifted until you can do whatever you do and think God will accept it. The Bible says, at that day, many will come and say, we preached in your name. Hallelujah. 
We cast out demons in your name. And the Bible says to many, he will say, I reject you. Yes. Are you still with me? God bless you, uh, Brother Matawi, senior. Amen. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Now, this one, allow me to repeat because it's very critical. I can prove to you by the Bible, I don't care what you do, you cannot offer God a gift with unholy hands. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's carry on. He won't receive it. The gifts in the Old Testament had to be sanctified at the altar. The priest, before he could go in to offer it, had to be anointed and sanctified. Or the gift was refused. God will not accept the gifts by unholy hands. That's right. It must come through holy hands or he won't accept it. Now, he, he comes, he says, afraid of the new birth. What makes it? Because it's kind of messy to them, but it brings forth a new life. I'm so glad for it. So a new life is not brought forth by a gift. It's brought forth by a new birth. Are you still with me? And actually, a gift without a new birth, it will be rejected. Because what brings a believer into holy grounds is new birth. And anything less than that, God will reject it. Folks, with God, almost doesn't count. I say with God, almost doesn't count. You know, in business, sometimes you have got a target, you want to meet the target, you're almost there, then you come and rejoice and say, we missed it by 5%. With God, there is no margin of error. Either we meet it or we don't meet it. I hope we are together here. Now, because we are on the new heart, the new spirit, in the future home, paragraph 89, the prophet says, now here is a human heart. I'll bring a diagram. Now, here is a human heart. And he says, I'm long ways from being an artist. Here is a human heart. And here is a human heart. Now, this one over here has a snake in it. That's sin. He, here, he has his life. The one over here has a dove in it, which is the Holy Spirit. Here, he has a life. Well, this one, he has malice, hatred, envy. That's what's causing it in this fellow here. And this one over here has love joy, long-suffering, and that's what it does down here. Bring that the next slide. The prophet says, you've got human heart. And it says, one over here, it is sinful by nature. And it says, it is symbolized by a snake in it. Hallelujah. All of us here were born in sin shaped in iniquity, came to the world speaking lies. This morning, we are sinners saved by grace. Now, there was a time, hallelujah, where your heart, you might look impressive, you might look impeccable, you might look handsome, pretty, but there was a time when your heart had a snake in it. 
I'm not talking about the next person, I'm talking to you. There was a time where your heart had a snake. And that snake brought forth a sinful nature. Your decisions were evil, your actions were evil, your life was evil, your thoughts was evil. But what saved you from that? Hallelujah. There's something that must come and kill that snake. Oh, folks, not put it to sleep. It must be killed. If it is put to sleep, it will come back again. You know, new birth is not a new, it's not a a regeneration. You've got to be born again. Are, Are you still with me? Now, this snake was there controlling everything. But now the prophet comes, he says, right there, then there was a time where in you, then the the dove came in. But before the dove, they had to be, the, the snake had to be blotted out. There had to be a holy fire that burns down that snake. Not only the snake, but the nature of the snake. Remember, you were jealousy, you were petty, you had malice, you you had all sorts of things. Hallelujah. You were angry, you were bitter, all sorts of things. What was happening? It was the snake living in the heart. But thank be to God, there is a new birth. Thanks be to God, there is a holy fire. Then the holy fire came and killed off that snake. And after I killed off the snake, then the dove came in. The person that I was full of hate, now is full of love. Hallelujah. The person that was bitter, now is sweeter. What changed? A church cannot do that. A pastor cannot do that. A prophet cannot do that. The Holy Ghost can do that. I hope we are together here. Let's carry on here for a while. Amen. Now, The scripture says, Hezekiel 36, 26, don't go to it. I will just quote it because I need the next diagram. Or bring the next diagram, I will read here. Now, it says, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Let's carry on here. So the time when there was a snake in your heart, you, you had a stony heart. A rebellious spirit. And you had what we would call an old spirit. Hallelujah. Then later on, these are the stages, folks. Remember, God is perfected in three. And even a believer is perfected in three. There is justification, sanctification, and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Are you still with me? Then God said, then I will remove a stony heart and put a heart of flesh. Are you with me? Then I will remove the old spirit and give you a new spirit. We are going to check what is the new spirit. And a lot of times, you know, 
A half-done thing is more dangerous than a thing that was never done. If you build a house and you do it half-done, you had much better not have built that house to begin with. Incomplete things are more dangerous. If somebody services your car but doesn't service it entirely and leaves certain parts, it's going to create a problem for you. They would have rather said, no, we don't service it at all. Uh, how many times when somebody took a job from you and said, I will do it. But what they did, you thought that they should have told you that they can't do it. Now, what is happening? The devil loves things that are almost. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, uh, almost. That's why I think it was Agrippa when Paul spoke and he said, I was almost persuaded to be a believer. Uh, with God, we don't want almost. You are in or you are out. You are cold or you are hot. You are a believer or not a believer. I hope we are together here. But here is the, here is the danger. God comes and removes a stony heart. And God comes and removes the old spirit and gives you a new spirit and gives you a heart of flesh. Many times people stand here and remain here and do not go all the way. When you are here, you are not yet a Christian. You are still in the process of becoming a Christian. Are you still with me here? Now, you are going to see then the complete journey. You must have a heart of flesh. You must have a new spirit. Then you must have his spirit within your spirit. I hope you are together here. What completes the process is that it has to be. He will never give you his spirit when you are still here. He will never give you a spirit when you, you've got to come here. Then he gives you his spirit. Now, I'm going to come back to that. Does it make sense, folks? In the message, if you move into the next one, Paragraph 56, the cruelty of sin and the penalty that it caused to read sin from our lives. Paragraph 56. It says, now, when you are reborn, meaning born again, you don't get a new spirit. You get a new nature of that spirit. Go back to the previous one. Or can I control it from here? Oh, okay. No problem. Now, Oh, oh, let's get uh, now. Now, here I said when you read in Ezekiel, it says old spirit, then it says new spirit, but now the prophetic eye is going in to tell you the difference between the old spirit and the new spirit. Amen. Now, he says, when you are born again, God does not give you a new spirit, it is the same spirit but with a new nature. The, now, stay with him here because you're going to see something here. Come to that quotation. When you are reborn, you don't get a new spirit. You get a new nature of that spirit. It's the same spirit, but a new nature of it. You take two men, stand them together, both look alike. One of them is a sinner, and one of them is a Christian. One man say, I've got a spirit, I've got the same spirit as you have, 
But one of them is different. His soul, his nature is different. He has been changed. Are you, are you, are you with me? Yes. I hope we are together. Let's carry on, brother. The impersonation of Christianity, paragraph 93, to bring clarity to that. He says, now watch. His spirit was different from a new spirit. And many people, many people get the new spirit and they think is the Holy Spirit. Go back to the previous one. Many people get new spirit and they think they've got the Holy Spirit. You, you know, when you came and the gospel was presented to you, and you were taken into the water, and you were baptized, you came out singing songs, you loved the weight, and you had a, a fresh perspective on things, a lot of people, they misunderstand that to be a new, the Holy Spirit, while well, it is just a new spirit. Uh, uh, come on, folks. You, you know why people misunderstand it like that? It's because... Once the Holy Spirit is in you, you will always have a joy for the weight. And you will always want to please God at all times. Now, what makes you to be baptized and come out and later off, everything about the things of God subside. The word is still the same, God is still the same, but why are you not the same? That's the question. Let's come, brother. Let's go back to the impersonation of Christianity, paragraph 93. He says, now watch. His spirit was different from new spirit. Many people get new spirit and think they get, think they get the Holy Spirit. They get feeling happy and jump around and maybe do a few things religiously. And they think that they've got the Holy Spirit. Though, oh no, the Holy Spirit makes you act different. Oh, brother, the Holy Spirit makes you think different. The Holy Spirit was put right in the middle of your new spirit. And your new spirit was put right in the middle of your heart. The new heart... The new spirit, and in the middle of a new spirit, God said, I will put my spirit in you. Amen. Now, let me carry on. Now then, God's spirit sets right in the middle of your spirit, your new spirit. Then you don't have to go, and act, go out and act like Miss Jones does and like Mr. Jones does. There is just something in you you just got the love of God so down in you till you just leave it. Isn't you, it is something in you living that weight. Now, do you see, let's go back, brother. Now, a new spirit and even a new heart will never make you live the life that God requires. And actually, no one can live the life that God requires. Oh, let me repeat. No one can live the life that God requires. 
it has to be God in you living the life that he requires. But many times the reason we come under such severe pressure is because we attempt to live what God requires without him living in us. Then when you attempt that, it becomes a bunch, a code of rules, a code of conduct. You do not go to heaven by a code of conduct. You go by heaven by a new birth that was triggered by the Holy Ghost. I hope we are together here. Now, in the message, who is this Melchizedek? Paragraph 71. He says, but look, when this body, this terrestrial body, when this body receives the spirit, not a new spirit, the spirit of God, the immortal life inside of you, it throws this body in subjection to? So you cannot, the world today, they are trying to bring this body in subjection to a code of rules. They are trying, even schools today, they have tried that they can take this body and make it behave in a certain way. But uh, while they are there in the institutions of learning, the lecturer is the one sleeping with students. But he says he's going to make them leaders of tomorrow. Well, the very person that is producing the leaders of tomorrow is messing up them. What does it tell? Education is not a solution. Hallelujah. Education is not a solution. Theology is not a solution. Psychology is not a solution. What the world needs is a new birth. And anything less than that, they will never get the, the results that they are looking for. Let me give an example to you so that you understand what I'm talking about. There is a, a national list of national sexual offenders. There is that database. Many NGOs are asking for the list of the perpetrators that have been listed on that database to be released. Now, guess the government doesn't want to release it. Hallelujah. The authorities don't want to release it. And somebody was asking, why can't you release it? And I answered somebody, I said, the reason they can't release it is because some of the authorities are on that list. Are you still with me? Why? Government, they spoke about moral regeneration. And people that even led that movement were later compromised. But what the world needs, and folks, at no point in time must the church lose the voice. Amen. At no point in time must the church water down the gospel. Amen. Don't subtract a certain terminology and embrace new terminology in order to negate the severity of sin. Amen. Are you still with me here? You all want to go to heaven, am I correct? You all want to measure up to go to heaven. You came to church this morning so that the gospel can be preached to you so that you can get your act together and go to heaven. Am I correct? I'm not here to preach a bunch of woods. 
Woods don't want to go to heaven. I'm not here to preach to animals. Animals want to, don't want to go to heaven. But here are the human beings. That say we come here being cognizant that there is a heaven to go to and there is a hell to go to. And we are coming here and say, Lord, prepare us. Are you still with me here? So that is why we can never, we must never water down the gospel in any way. Sin is not a lifestyle, it's sin. The new gospel wants to say to, it's a lifestyle, it's not a lifestyle, it's sin. It's not an extramarital affair, it's adultery. It's not dating, it's fornication. And the devil is still the devil, he needs to be addressed as such. And everyone in the building must be liberated from the devil. Know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Can I get an amen on that one? This body must receive the spirit of God. And it will throw this body. This body is wild. Uh, Folks, this body is wild. You can't control this body. You can't tame this body. Education cannot tame this body. Nothing can tame this body. It needs this spirit from God to come and enjoy this body. Oh, folks, this body didn't want to come to church this morning. This body hates church. This body doesn't want to interact with the way. This body hates the weight. But thank be to God. This body has got no control. There is another spirit within the body that is controlling the body. Are you still with me? Here is a tragedy. Here is a tragedy in the end time. There are bodies that are religious and that are in a religious environment without this spirit. Hallelujah. And they cannot be controlled. Now, there are others. That's why I always say, who's your role model? And if your role model is anyone else except Christ, you're going to have problems. I say, if anyone is your role model and it's not Christ, you're going to have problems. Yes. And you young ones, you've got to understand, sister so-and-so is not your role model. Yes. You young men have got to understand, brother so-and-so is not your role model. The standard is who? Christ. Even Paul said, follow me as I follow. Christ. That means the day I stop following Christ, you do what? You don't follow anymore. Can I get an amen on that one? Now, your life, what have you patterned your life after? Who have you patterned your life after? If it has been patterned after an individual, if they miss heaven, you miss heaven. But there's one thing that I know, Jesus cannot miss heaven. This body is wild. Young men, do you hear me? This body is wild. This body has got, has got sinful desires. Hallelujah. This body has an appetite for sin. This body has got an appetite for things that are contrary to God. Not just this body, everyone's body. But what makes it different? 
the difference between us and a sinner in the street, we are prisoners of Christ. What does it mean to be a prisoner? I cannot live any life that I want because I'm a prisoner to somebody. A prisoner is told when to wake up. He's told when to eat. He's told when to, dress, to, to go to sleep. He's told how to dress. He's told how to talk. Oh, a prisoner is under a prison master 24-7. Are you saying? There are no moments where a prisoner says, I'm going to do what I like. I'm going to do what I feel. And similarly, even in the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you are a real prisoner of Jesus Christ, there are no moments to say, I'm going to do what I like. I'm going to do how I feel. You are not going to do how you feel. You are going to do what he says you must do. Can I get an amen on that one? Everyone this morning in the building is a prisoner. Whose prisoner are you this morning? Everyone here, there is no one neutral. Everyone is bound by another spirit. Either it's God's spirit or the devil's spirit. But if you are bound by the devil's spirit, the gospel is here to liberate you. The gospel is here to break every chain. Amen. When this body receives this spirit of God, the immortal life inside of you, it throws this body in subjection to God. And folks, when the Holy Spirit has indwelled you, you know, the greatest tragedy is that a dog can vomit and leave the vomit and later go back to the vomit and eat. The greatest tragedy, a Christian can leave something and say, this is wrong, wrong, but in the process of time, he's back on the very thing. That becomes a stumbling block. Are you with me? In the message, the unfolding realities of the living God. Paragraph 76. Oh, do you mind if we read it together? Paragraph 75. If I can have this fan on. He says, You are not converted until you receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, brother, let's read one more time. You are not converted until you receive the Holy Ghost. The Bible said so. After Peter had both been saved and sanctified, given power to cast out unclean spirits and to preach the gospel. You know, they cast out demons. They had power over demons, but they were not converted. You can have the power of God and still not be converted. You can be used by God and still be of not God. Are you with me? The Bible said, Oh, come with me. The Bible says, 
after Peter, had both been saved and sanctified. Being saved and sanctified. Given power to cast out unclean spirits. To preach the gospel. Jesus plainly told him he was not converted until he received the Holy Ghost. And he said, after you are converted, then strengthen your brethren. That was on the night of the betrayal. That he was not yet converted. And no man is truly converted until he has been changed and died to himself. And the Holy Spirit has control of that person. They don't want to do it. Do you get him what he says? Saved, but not converted. Sanctified, but not converted. Casting demons, but not converted. And this, on the naked eye, we are the people. One can even preach the gospel. And you find that they are not converted. Oh, folks, a person can perish the message. Until everybody's on their feet, but you find that they are not converted. It doesn't mean when I, my, the sign that I'm converted is not when I stand behind the pulpit. There are many that stood and fell by the wayside. What makes, what makes you to have the certainty that somebody has received the Holy Ghost? They've got to have a different character. They've got to have a different nature and they've got to come under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Let's carry on. Paragraph 76, same message. We'll read together. Now, the Holy Spirit will not misbehave itself in one person. And behave itself in another person. Oh, brother. Come on, folks. The Holy Ghost cannot tell me that something is wrong and secretly tell you it is right. The Holy Ghost will never contradict itself. Oh, come on, folks. Remember, once you are led by the Holy Ghost, you have forfeited your self-will. It is now God's will. Are we together here? Come on, folks, are you still here? Now, the Holy Spirit, you'll be with me. I'm not going to let go. Now, the Holy Spirit will not misbehave itself in one person and behave itself in another. It will make each person 
comes to its, into its character. See, because it's a spirit that leads you. It brings, makes you subject to its nature. You don't bring it subject to your nature. It makes you subject to its nature. And the Holy Spirit makes you live and love to do it. Oh, how you love to give up the things of the world when the Holy Spirit comes in. It doesn't say how you get to be forced to live the things of the world. How you love. How you love to let go of the things of the world when the Holy Spirit comes in you. You are the one that say, I let it go. I'm done with it. I don't want to do it anymore. Why? You love doing it. It's not a force. It's now a new life of the Holy Spirit within a believer. How you love to give up the things of the world. When the Holy Spirit comes in. How it cleanses you. And washes you. And puts a desire in you. To follow him. And a thirst. And a hunger. For more of it, just bathing yourself brings realities. Hallelujah! No one forcing you now. It's you. You you get it. You get. You want more and more and more of it. And the more you want more of it, the more you let go of the world and the things of the world. Because now you are becoming a prisoner to a higher power. Come on, our young people. Are you in the building? Come and be prisoners of Jesus Christ. And let him be in control of you 24-7. Now, folks. Have you realized? God is love. God is when God, God has come and saturated your heart, it's difficult to hate. Because the snake is gone. There is now a dove. You know what is the difference between a snake and a dove? A snake is poisonous. But the dove has got no guile. It cannot ever, it can never, uh, you know, when you, I don't know if you ever slaughtered a chicken, there is a green stuff that comes from the gall. And a lot of times that is, is a, a, a green liquid. If it spills over a chicken, it's not going to be tasty. When you slaughter a chicken, you've got to be very skillful and avoid the gall. So that there is no spillage of it because the liquid thereof will spoil the taste of the gall. But the dove has got no gall. 
The reason the chicken has got it is because it consumes things that it should not consume. That's why there is a gall so that it can suck toxicity from the body. But a dove does not have a gall because it does not consume things that are harmful to it. Are you still a dove is a very sensitive animal. During the time of Noah, he released a buzzard to go and survey the land. It never came back because it had a revival. It looked at the carcasses and said, I'm fine here. But when the dove was released, it went around and realized the world was polluted and it went back to Noah. The same spirit when it is in you, you will come around the world and see it's polluted and there will be desire. I must return back to my maker. Are you still with me? Folks, there is nothing desirable about this world. Hear me? There is nothing desirable around this world. This world is going to sink it deeper and deeper into chaos. This world is going to lose a sense of equilibrium and there is nothing that will stop it. No prayer, no fasting will stop it. The world will degenerate and degenerate further. But there is a way of escape. There is a way of escape. There is a way upwards. And what is that way upwards? The Holy Ghost is here to say, my brother, don't go downward. Go upwards. Oh, I wish somebody can make a decision this morning. And say, I'm never going to go downward anymore. I'm not going to associate with the devil and with the things of the devil. I'm going to associate with God. I'm going to open myself that the Holy Spirit must come and saturate me. And your decisions will be based, will be weight-based. Every decision that you make will be weight-based. What does the word say about this? Young ones, even on school grounds, what does the word say about Not what the pastor says, not what mommy says. What does the word say about this? Are you still with me here, folks? Then bring that diagram. Still, folks, I, I, I get a sense. Brother Bram says the Holy Spirit will not behave itself in one person and misbehave itself in another person. There is, a, there is a carnal approach that people have towards the rapture. People think the rapture is where we're going to settle the score. And say, brother Mafagaza is not here. I knew it. I knew it. That's not how it's going to be. Actually, every seed of God has a desire that people must reach their eternal destination. They've got desire. You know, can you imagine when they left Egypt? There must have been people that did not agree with Moses. I mean, the people that snitched on him when he killed a person... uh, even that one that said, you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian. 
Moses didn't say, now it's time for us to leave. Those that I never agreed with, you will remain. Moses says, we are living with everyone. Folks, we are living with those that we love to those that never love. We want to live with everyone. That's the spirit of God, folks. That's the spirit of God. You can never preach the gospel and wish somebody cannot make it. No, no, no. If the devil ever tells you the pastor doesn't want me to make it, he's a liar. Now, a sinful nature gone. Now there is a, a holy nature. And when you are born again, then you are the throne of God today. When you are born, when you are born again, you are a throne of God today. A throne is where decisions are being made. It's a position of power. It's a position of reign and direction. Revelation Chapter 4, paragraph 234. He says, Now what is man? He is a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. Be cognizant how he puts it there. The date was the 1st of January, 1961. And after 1963, God revealed to Brother Brenham, you have got to swap the, bo- the soul and the spirit. Yes. So it now became body, spirit, soul. Yes. Now it says, how many knows that? Watch God's approach. What is his heart? You remember my message? God shows a man's heart for his control tower. And the devil chose his head for his control tower. See, he makes, he makes him see things, see things, look through his eyes. God, in his heart, makes him believe things that he cannot see. Hear me. The prophet says, the devil went for the man's mind. And God went for the man's heart. The devil would want to make a man see things that he can look through his eyes. But God in the heart makes a man to believe things that he cannot see. Are you with me? God in his heart makes him believe things that he cannot see. Did he see? God is on his heart. In the heart of man is the throne of God. You get it, man? God made his throne in the heart of men. Hallelujah. Paragraph 232. He says, now the first throne was in heaven. Judgment seat. And the cherubims and seraphims went around and said, holy, holy unto the Lord. Him on the throne. Are you with me? Then the second throne was in Christ. 
Hallelujah. Then the third throne is now in a man. So this morning, your heart is the throne of God. Now, if God has taken precedence or preeminence in your heart and is sitting on your heart, you cannot make decisions that are contrary to God. God can never be overruled. Are you still with me? God can never be debated with. Are you still with me? Bring this diagram, brother, the next one. Brother says, a man is a body, spirit, and soul. Now, the devil went for his mind, and God went for his heart. Hallelujah. The devil, the, the devil does not mind you being a believer. He can even encourage you to be a believer as long as it is just a mental conception or intellectual conception. Are you with me? When you have received the word of God in your mind, it is an intellectual conception. It will not change the nature of your spirit. It will not bring your body in subjection to the spirit of God. It will be here you can actually know codes and know how to code, but the life of the code will not be found in you. Uh, are you still with me? Yes. Folks, you can, uh, uh, sometime later on, maybe whenever, you know, when you're a minister, you're standing behind the pulpit, as I'm standing here and preaching to you, most of the time, I don't spend time with you. You, don't know. you hardly see me, except when you've got an appointment. My wife knows me better than all of you. And if my wife cannot be convinced that I'm a believer, I'm really not a believer. It's <laughs> like, hi, I'm a daughter. Uh, are you with me? You, you, your wife is the first audience yes. of your life. Yes. And if you are a child, your parents are the first one to know. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. But how many times were men were holy in the public space, but the women, their wives knew that there is nothing here? Yes. Uh, sorry to bring a discomfort to you. If my wife cannot be my aim and corner and be convinced about what I'm preaching, I've got no business preaching to anyone. Uh, are you still with me? When it is received in the mind, it's an intellectual conception. Maybe let me put it this way. When the weight is not in the heart, when the weight is not in the heart, and it is something that is being preached from the outside, it becomes a law. Because you need to adapt to it. You need to adhere to it. You need to strive to meet its standards. But when the weight moves and takes the preeminence in the heart, that's grace. 
So it's no longer you living, it is the word living in you. Oh, folks, Christ, not in a church, Christ, not in a manger, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are, are you still with me? Then when the gospel, when the word finds itself in your heart, that's what we call the new birth. And that's when the sinful nature of the snake moves out. That's when the dove comes in. Then the people that are observing this being from outside, they knew this being was full of hatred, but this being has now become loving. This being somewhat was bitter, but now has become sweeter. This being had so many grudges, but now is forgiving. Uh, you see, this being was dismissive, but now is embracing. Yes. What changed? It's not your mother that changed you. Yes. It's not your church that changed you. God of the heart went into your heart and changed your heart from within. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Now, in the message, the unity of one God in the one church. Paragraph 71. He says, you see, then when science discovered that within the heart there is a little compartment. Let me explain the heart. If, if I become an organ donor, Maybe I say, well, the day I die, harvest my organs and donate it to organ, or organ or people that need organs. Maybe immediately after I died, then they harvest my heart and take my heart and put it into somebody. Maybe a drunkard. That drunkard is not going to come out of the hospital and say, you know, the message of the hour is the truth. <laughs> he's got my heart. He's got the pastor's heart. But with that heart, he can still go to a bar using the heart of the pastor to drink alcohol. Are you with me? When we speak of your heart... That's why Prophet say, within the heart, there is a room there that is quite a mystery. And it says, in that compartment, that is where the soul is. Now, your heart is like a chair. When you move, you move away from the chair. But if somebody comes to sit where you are sitting, they can never be you. Does it make sense? Now you get a sense a human being is more complex than you thought. In the message, the unity of God, in the one church, paragraph 71, it says, you see, that little part, compartment in a man's heart, God made that in there for himself. There is a, there is a compartment in your heart that God has created for himself. That's his control room. He sits there to control you. 
That, that's his place. That's where he sends his messages from. Oh, brother. God has to speak within your heart. It's not a matter of eardrums. Anyone can hear the gospel through their ears. But what connects the gospel with the heart is because the God of the gospel is in the heart. And he comes, oh, what are we meaning? When God preaches, he preaches to himself within a believer. And God controls now. Now, this is where you see. You can be a believer when believers are around. Even some ministers, they become ministers when they are around their churches. And no, I think it was Brother George Martin that told me of a minister that traveled from, the UK, uh, from America to the, to the UK. When he got to the UK, he was fetched by a meter taxi from the airport. On the way to the airport, he said to the meter taxi, uh, tell me where we can, where he, he was looking for what they call a roadhouse. It's a place of prostitutes. And he asked the driver to take him there. He took him there, waited for him, he came. But look how God works. The next day, the neighbor invites the driver to church. Guess which church they went to? Where the minister is preaching. And as they say, welcome, welcome, as he comes, the driver sees his client. He immediately steps out and says to Deacons, that man is not a man of God. What's happening is because this minister was preaching the gospel, but God was not in his heart. Are you still with me? When God is in your heart, he controls you 24-7. That's, folks, do you know, uh, you have spoken something and something corrects you. And say, you shouldn't have spoken like this. What corrects you? It's not somebody. It's because there is somebody in your heart that say, you should have not spoken like this. Correct it. And if you are a believer and you don't have that thing in your heart, you're going to run into difficulties. Because that's what controls. It's your navigation system. Have you ever been in a place and you feel that, whoa, I should, I should not be here. I must move. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Especially when you go to relatives' weddings. You know, they start as weddings. Then by night time, it becomes a nightclub. Yeah. You went to a wedding that morphed into a nightclub. While you are there, <laughs> there must be a time where the Holy Spirit says, the wedding is over. Yeah. Beat everyone farewell, I'm done. Yes, it's still fine. They even say, but we are still studying. Say, no, 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 I'm done. What moves you from that zone? It's because there is somebody in your control room that said the atmosphere is not right. The environment is not right. We must live here. You have the desire to remain, but because you are somebody's prisoner, you get into your car and leave. And the question would be, who's controlling you? Let's carry on, brother. In paragraph 89. He says, 
these signs shall follow believers. Not negative thinkers, not intellectual church members, but born again believers who have come from the intellectual to the heart. Where God takes a throne in his control room to control your emotions. To control? We live during a time where people cannot control their emotions. Uh, They've got to retaliate at that moment. They've got to show that, yes, I I can rebut what you are saying in the heat of the moment. That's not how a Christian does things. Uh, hallelujah. You, you can't say, I said last week, I said you can't fight a demon with the nature of a demon. If the demon swears at you, you can't swear back. Uh, hallelujah. It takes a different nature to bind a demon. The demon hates you, then you love a demon. They swear at you, you exchange words. You are not a fool. Actually, everybody is a fool. It depends whose fool are you. In that moment, you are the fool of Christ. They say, my brother, I will not lower my standards to that level. I will not speak to you. They say, if you fight with a pig in a pig star, who's going to win? Who's going to win, folks? I mean, if you ever hear that, Pastor Mariba was at a tavern and he beat up a person. You won't celebrate my victory. The first thing. <laughs> Even if I say, but I fought, you know, he sweated me and I was looking for him and I, they told me he was at a tavern. I went there. The question would be Mfundis. <laughs> the swearing, we hear it today, but what? Didn't anything say, don't go? Then you're going to doubt whether, is there something controlling me or not? Uh, Can I get an amen here? Uh, May may everyone in the building know that. Never override that internal, that still small voice. When you say, don't go, don't go. Are you still with me? God, it takes throne. You know this thing of control emotions. I've heard people say, you know we are believers, but I'm not a fool. I'm a believer, but I'm not a fool. You know what they are trying to say? I'm living the believer land. to sort you out in the carnal world. God will never make you leave the believer land. Even when you are angry, you remain there. Even when you are upset, you remain there. Because you are not a visitor there, you are a resident there. But when you are a visitor, you can say, oh, you you should have tried it on Sunday. But during the week, I will show you who I am. You are not a believer. You adhere to a code of conduct by a church. Here it goes to our young people. A believer does not have a wardrobe for Sunday. A believer does not have? A believer's wardrobe on Sunday 
is exactly on Monday. I, I had somebody telling me, a sister somewhere saying, but you know, at work they are forcing us to dress like this. It's a uniform. There is a, a lady, I don't know whether this lady is coming from the Muslim background, I don't know. She's well, well known, all of you know her. Her name is Sakina Kawendo. She is holding a show at prime time, morning show, on television. From 1st January until 31st December, she's wearing a long dress. The one that is flowing. From 1st Gen. On national television. Even society has come to accept that she's a dress lady. Not leverage. Then I look and say, had it been one sister getting that job, we would have had excuse after excuse, you know, for cameras. You... But here is an unbeliever. We had sisters that say, we need to take our, our dresses a little higher because the escalator will trap us. <laughs> Same escalator being used by Muslim women. You know what is the problem? It's because they adhere to the church rules. There is nothing in the control room. I'm preaching here, folks. Now, when God takes throne in his control room to control your emotions, to control your faith, to control your character, God wants to fill you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Why does he want to fill you? Why does he want to fill you with? He wants to fill you with himself. Yes. The Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. As I'm coming towards the end, Brother Brenham is at a, is it J.C. Penny store. He sits on the escalator. Women are coming up. Then it dawns on him that 40 years ago, when I was shot at in the hospital, and I was laying on the hospital bed, and I had gone into the region of the Lord, I see exactly what I saw in hell now in a mall. Then he says right there, his stomach turned. He said he was beside himself. When Mira came, he said to Mira, we need to go back. We need to go back. And he says in his heart, he asked himself, he said, what I saw in hell 40 years back is now here in the mall. Then he said, hell is upon the face of the earth. Folks, if hell is upon the face of the earth, heaven must be upon the face of the earth. If, if the devil is filling the people with him, himself, therefore the believers must be filled in with God. Oh, folks, not on a Sunday, but every time where your life is saturated by God. And he will guide you to make right decisions. Because now, you've got a new heart. You've got a new spirit. Then within a spirit, you've got his spirit. Then you are, his spirit makes you to behave 
in a certain way. But the greatest tragedy is to have a new heart, a new spirit without his spirit. You're going to be the greatest stumbling block. God bless you richly. As we stand to our feet. As we stand to our feet, we're going to just sing a worshiping song. How many believe the Holy Ghost is critical? Amen. Because the Holy Ghost is God. We have heard last week when we say, God, what is the word of God? The word of God is God himself. Hallelujah. When God gave a believer the word, God gave himself to a believer to fight the enemy by. Amen. Let's just sing, I love him, I love him. And then we're going to wrap up in prayer, brother. Masabi, the senior, will just lead us in prayer here. Amen. How many love him this morning?
Wonderful Savior, mighty God, the Alpha and Omega. The great I am, Melchizedek, exactly. the King of the New Jerusalem. Thank you, Father. We thank you so much about your word. Lord Jesus Christ, you love us so much. Mm. That's why we sing a song, say we love you. We love you because you love us before we love you, Lord. Exactly. Bless us, Lord Jesus Christ, by your word, Lord. We thank you so much about the word, Lord. Your prophet says the word is in the bride. Exactly. And the bride knows what to do with the weed. Mm. Lord Jesus Christ, you left your first throne in heaven. Mm. You came to your second throne in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Being God, mm. the same God that was in the first throne. Mm. Then you came to the third throne, which is the heart of a man. Better. To gain preeminence, to reign in the heart of a man, mm. to reign in the body of a man. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you so much. Mm. What a golden nuggets that you gave us this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father. We thank you about the angel of this church, Lord. Mm. During the week on Wednesday, Lord, mm. he thought of us about neology yes. over demonology. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, to be contacted with you, mm. to be contacted with the Lord, to be with God, mm. because we are a mature God. Better. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. Bless this church. Bless Lord Jesus Christ, all the believers Let of this be church. So, Father. Bless the angel of this church, mm. which is Pastor Mariba. Thank you, Father. Father, Holy Spirit, give him all golden nuggets exactly. to impart them into the believers. Mm. In Jesus Christ's name, we thank you, Lord. Believing and trusting in the mighty name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And Amen. God bless you. Amen. That's our elder, uh, Brother Mutlavi. Amen. He's past 60. How old are you now? 65. But he looks like a young man. Amen. That's why we lost. Some of us, we went on died to look like them. Because when you looked at them and you looked at us, you got confused. Amen. So we thank God. God bless you, elder. Amen. Ah, you can give him a... Amen. These are our elders. We love them and respect them. Amen. Let's just sing a song and then we are leaving. Just, we just want to worship. Amen. You know, when God is in the throne, God wants to be worshipped. In the first throne, they say, sang and say, holy, holy unto the Lord. Then he moved into the second throne. Disciples were around him, worshipping him. Today is now in our heart. Amen. Amen. Let's just sing and say, uh, it reaches to the, it reaches to the highest. Amen. You know. Let's sing it. Let's just worship him.
give us another one. Maybe let's say Umusa what you know And then after brother Mata uh, will say when the prices go up, his glory comes down. And then thereafter you are dismissed. God bless you. Yes.
the Rashilo family uh, have been blessed with a baby boy. God bless you. Over to you, Brother Mitao. Have a blessed week. May it be blessed. May God open your ways. Amen. Till we meet. Amen.